very quiet, very enjoyable, peaceful week, hanging around like a leaf on a tree. So today there will be a talk again. And I would like it to be your talk, not my talk. I would like it to be your understanding, not my understanding. Maybe it's funny. So for that, you will need a little bit more effort and more attention and more reflection. A little bit more wisdom and understanding. We have seen that wisdom is based on concentration. We saw that concentration, samadhi, is based upon ethic, developing what we care about, something that, that can hold or fall our attention and bring quality to our mind, quality of unwavering attention and unification. Quality of presence. Then it's no more a pain in the neck, but a source of joy and happiness. So a name for this talk will be Do It Now. So relax, be very comfortable. You have nowhere else to go out but here. The topic will again be concerning attitude and perspective. We will see the relation between these two, and we will develop a little bit more specifically the question of perspective by looking very briefly at the law of dependent origination. Attitude is not a theory, it's a position. A mental disposition in the face of time, in the face of the now. This will come naturally when we know how to look at things. For this reason, we will investigate a little bit more on how to see things from different angles, from different perspectives, 
and from transposition. We tried by making analogies to get a more objective perception of what we call ourself by a few means. Like uh, last week, we gave the exercise to develop the meditation on the earth or you know the four elements, the water, the wind, and those things, the four elements. Also by comparing ourselves to a leaf on a tree. The purpose was to differentiate between mind and matter, physicality. We brought the concept of anatta, non-self, as a way to look at things. Not my heart, leaf, not my body, It's easy to say, but it's not easy to practice. We have to do it again and again. This is attitude. To give an analogy to that, what is the purpose? Not only to, you know, to bring an attitude, to bring a perspective, we can, uh, just to give an example, those of you who have been able to uh, do the practice somehow easily and it brought more uh, objectivity can know the benefit of it. But uh, if we compare it, for example, like do you know the doctors, the, you know, the medical doctors, it is said that uh, when they have to give treatment to people or <coughs> do surgery or things like that, they cannot do it on the people on their own, you know, their close relatives or, you know, people that, that are uh, affected, you know, that, that have developed uh, affection towards them. Why is that? There are two reasons. Because mostly uh, of emotions, attachments. So if the doctor was to operate or to give a, you know, a kind of a medical treatment to somebody who is very close to him, then he might be a little bit biased. His perception and also uh, the way he will uh, function will be uh, colored by his emotions. So it may disturb a little bit the performance of his uh, action. So because he is affected, he thinks like if he is a surgeon and he is operating, operating his son or his wife or you know, people like that, then he will think, oh, this is my wife or this is my son. Or then he will get, uh, you know, he may, you know, he may get a little bit disturbed and uh, the operation will not uh, be as successful, may not be as successful. This is one reason. The other reason also is, you know, for legal, kind of uh, procedure or also like if something happened later then he will not be uh, in trouble suppose there is something that is not uh, so successful so it's the same thing with us when we practice the meditation if we 
try to develop the objectivity regarding of uh, okay, who is is this me or is this mine or you know then we can uh, maybe gain gain a little bit uh, benefit out of that. <laughs> this is this is still on the conceptual level. It's not the ultimate reality. It is just a conceptual uh, level of approaching uh, the meditation. But some of you, when we talk about not-self and, uh, you know, uh, things like that, uh, you don't like it. Then I will ask, you know, in that body, you know, this physical body, what can we say is mine? Like we always identify, I mean, we move around and this is our body. But if we look at it, you know, to what? part or to what uh, area or to what uh, uh, anything that is there, to what can we identify with? How can we control it? Is it possible? Like can we say to stop breathing or, you know, if we do that after a, you know, a few minutes, then it will start to breathe again? Can we say, oh, oh, don't fart? It just goes by itself. And can we say, uh, don't get old or don't get sick and don't die? No. It's just a law. If you can control your body, you know, in that uh, way, then you could say that it's yours. But if not, whose body is that? Some people say that we are what we eat. So are we an hamburger or are we a pizza or chickpea or rice? Body is just a physical process, a combination of various chemical elements having laws of their own. This can be seen by a brief method of meditation on the four elements or a detailed method, like the Sayadaw is presenting here. We have also seen that besides food, the body is influenced and supported by the temperature, the past karma, and the mind itself. Wanting or wishing to move, body moves. Like we gave the example last week of uh, like if there is a, like an electricity kind of power station in, in, the, in the mind and then we have the intention to move, then the energy will be sent to those uh, areas and the movement will appear. And this is where we stopped last week at the mental formation of uh, volition, uh, chaitana, the will. I concluded that it would be nice to just be a leaf floating by the wind, not caring about anything, hanging peacefully on a branch till the end of fall, till everything falls down, falls apart, till one reacts with all his guts. I want to be. I want to do, I want to feel alive, and I want to eat. This hunger 
of life, this craving stands behind the entire process of nutrition, wielding its whip relentlessly. The body craves ceaselessly for material food and mind hungers as eagerly for its own kind of nourishment. Life is just a continuous process of becoming, propulsing us in time, making us create, search, do, undo, destroy and build again. Being born to live, being born to die. How to understand the process is by looking at ourselves. And how to look at ourselves is by starting to look at what is going on now inside our mind and inside our body. Here we have two key words. First is how to look at ourselves. Number one, the how implies a method, a discipline, a certain structure, and attitude. And the two, our self, is just bare natural phenomenon. So how? This is the base of ethic, the sila. This is the base of samadhi, concentration, mental purification, and the various meditation methods, and the base of understanding, analyzing the process of phenomenon and attitudes of detachment. So our self we define as the five aggregates of the materiality, the aggregates of uh, feeling, Vedana, the aggregates of perception, the aggregate of consciousness, and the aggregate of uh, mental formation. In one commentary, the Visuddhimagga, they compare the five aggregates to a prison. So they say that the body, you know, the physical body, is a site for punishment. It's the prison itself. And the perception, this is the offense. We perceive permanence. In, in, the, in the impermanent, we perceive pleasure in what is not pleasurable, and then we perceive self as in what is not self. And feeling, this is the cause of the punishment. And the aggregate of mental uh, volitional formation, this is the punisher, the cause of feeling. And consciousness, 
it is like uh, the offender because it is afflicted by feeling. So suppose you are in a prison. What will you do? While you think about it, then I will tell a story related to a film. I didn't see the film, but uh, somebody told me that it's a Woody Allen movie. So in the film, apparently, we see that uh, comedian, you know, the writer and comedian Woody Allen, and then he is in the prison. And he is wondering, okay, now I am in a bad position, and uh, I would like to escape. So he thinks and thinks, and then one day he comes with an idea, and he says, oh, I got it. And he, take, uh, he takes uh, two pieces of soap, uh, two pieces of soap, and uh, then he has a little tool, and he starts to carve the soap into a gun. So he carves the soap into the form of a gun. And once this is finished, he takes some shoe polish, black shoe polish, and then he polishes the whole thing. And then at the end, he looks at it and says, not bad. And uh, yeah, now he has a gun. So next thing he does is that uh, he is trying that. So when the guard comes to uh, close to his door, you know, then he takes his gun, you know, and uh, he points it to the guard, and he says, okay, open the door. So the guard, when he sees the gun and the guy, you know, he gets frightened, and he opens the door, and just, you know, out of fear, he just, he just pulls back. So Woody Allen, you know, he is very happy, and he goes on, you know. And uh, he comes to another door, and then he does the same thing. He says that, and to the guard, and he says, okay, hold up, please, please open the door. And like that, you know, it goes. And door after door, it just goes out, you know, very easily. Everybody is frightened of him, and he has no problem uh, to uh, convince, convince people of uh, the reality of his gun. So when it, com when it comes to the... Uh, Last door, you know, he comes to the yard and he says, oh, now I am almost outside of the prison. And, uh, but it's raining hell. It's, it's raining like hell, you know. <laughs> there is a storm and it's just raining. Nevertheless, you know, he goes on with his gun and uh, he arrives at the door, you know, the last door. And then he is standing there, you know, in front of the big guard, the big, solid, tough guy. You know, and he's standing with the gun. And uh, then the guard, he looks at him, you know, and then he looks at the gun. Then he looks at him again, and then he looks at the gun, and he seems not to understand what is going on. Huh? So apparently the, 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 the camera is switching, you know, from the comedian face to, to the guard, and so like that, right? And then we see, eventually we see that uh, the comedian he is having the gun like this, but actually it's just full of bubbles, you know, <laughs> all popping up because the soap is mixed with the water and 
everything. Uh, so it was just a fake, you know, and then he goes back to the prison. So he is back to the prison itself. And uh, he may have to try something again. So I tell you know this story just to give an example of uh, attitude and perspective. So we have to start from the now. We have to start from where we are. So if we are in a prison, then we have to start in the prison. And <coughs> the second thing is that we need to ask or to inquire why I am there. Because if we want to get out of the prison, then to find the means, first we have to find the cause why we are there. So that's why last week I asked you, why do you meditate? And eventually the real question is, why are you here? So for that you have to see past causes. And uh, if you reflect, you know, you will come to the conclusion that you are here mostly because you wanted to and uh, because you did all the arrangements and uh, you arrived finally because of your wish and uh, aspiration and uh, all the, the, the actions that uh, you took to, uh, to come. So in the same thing, somebody who is in a prison, then if he is to ask himself, why am I in a prison, you know? Then he will see that uh, most uh, of, I mean, the reason is because of his past actions. Whether it is injustice or not, we cannot say. But he did something that somebody didn't like, and then he ended up in jail. Second thing is, why did, did he do so? Probably because he wanted to improve his situation in life, but without realizing the consequence, he ended up in jail. So somebody in jail has to, has two, uh, two possibilities, two things that he can do. He can wait till the term is over, or he can try to escape. So some prisoners get to adapt themselves to the, to the situation, and some even very good. They develop meta for you know, the other prisoners, and then also they are very kind to the guards, and uh, at the end, everybody likes them. And nobody uh, wants want them to, uh, to go. So if somebody wants to escape, then he should know the prison very well. He should know the secret, the places, and the rules, the guards, and the guard chief, etc. He should know the entry and the exit. And then another thing is that he should be sure that one really wants to be free. Some prisoners are so addicted that as soon as they get out, they commit offense again and again, and they go back to jail. 
where it has become a home, where they have their friends. So coming back to the five khandhas, so we can ask ourselves, are we in prison? Are the five khandhas, is it, is it a prison? And if so, are we making our own prison? Are we creating our chain? Can we somehow get free and liberated from them? And do we want to get free? Last week we saw that the Buddhism teaches the, that whatever arises from a cause, then Buddha told the cause and also its cessation. This is leading us to look very briefly at the law of dependent origination. There are many approaches and uh, actually, you know, any link of the Patita Samupada, the 12 uh, link of uh, that uh, chain, we can start from any one of them. And uh, we can ask, you know, the why of the things. So I don't, I will not try to make a, a academic uh, elaboration of the Paticca Samopada because it is uh, something very deep and uh, you may, we, we, we have no time and uh, there are books that explain it very well and uh, so we will be a little bit brief about it. Like the Buddha, he says that uh, the law of uh, dependent origination is something very deep and something deep like the ocean. So we will start by the Nama Rupa, you know, the, the five aggregates. The five aggregates that we are talking about is also uh, classified uh, being the name or mentality and materiality. We saw we have to analyze them, and this is, uh, you know, the the Namarupa Parichida, and also we have to see the causes of uh, their arising. This is the Namarupa Pachya Pariga, and we cannot say that there is only one cause. There are only multiple fruits from multiple causes. However, we can take one cause and one fruit just as a representation. Example, like of a multiple, multiple fruits and multiple causes, we see that uh, to have fruit, there needs the temperature and the earth and the seed and the moisture and uh, the fruit to have form and the smell and taste like that. So there are multiple causes and then there are multiple uh, uh, fruits. There are endless uh, relations that can be made here just to explain the causal relationship of things. So to suit our explanation, we'll go to the basic factor and what is more obvious. 
So we have the Vijnana, Patya, and Amarupa, that is the consciousness, is the cause. Patya means the cause. So Vijnana, Patya, and Amarupa, that is the, 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 Namarupa, the mentality, materiality, the are arise because of the consciousness. So, because of a consciousness, then uh, mind and matter arise. So, consciousness is the sixth type of consciousness, and also the previous uh, that moment uh, consciousness. Uh, and all of that. So there are many types of consciousness. So because of consciousness, then the mind and matter is arising. So how is consciousness arising? Sankara, Patya, Vijnana. Because of the force of the previous actions, because of the force of the Kamma, then it comes to be uh, the mental volition are the causes for uh, the consciousness. The mental volition is uh, also the aggregates of uh, Sankara, and uh, it is comprised of many mental formations. And uh, one of them is uh, the main of it. Main one is the will, the chitana, and the will the chitana, is also what is called the uh, kamma. So when they say about the kamma, they say that the chitana is uh, defined as the kamma itself, volition. So we will not uh, elaborate on that, you know, because uh, there are scholars, there is, there is even one scholar who did a, a whole a PhD thesis only on the word uh, sankara. So which type of mental formation? So there are uh, three types of uh, mental formation, three types of volition. You have the volition of uh, merits, the kusala sankara, and then you have the formation of uh, demerit, unwholesome, and you have the formation of uh, the imperturbable, imperturbable, the unmaterial planes. So you are doing merits, you are doing good things, and then this is bringing, uh, this is bringing the consciousness. And you are making demerit or akusala, and this brings also a type of consciousness. And you are making effort to develop the jhana and to develop the samadhi, and this brings also a type of consciousness that is uh, uh, situated in the Im immaterial planes. And also you have the mental volition of the body door, the speech door, and the mind door. So why is there uh, those uh, mental volitions? So avidya, patya, sankara. So because of ignorance. And how is ignorance uh, defined in the text? So they say that ignorance is actually the ignorance of the Four Noble Truths. But uh, very briefly, 
Another definition, uh, I mean, a simple definition will be uh, to think that by doing something else, I will get completely satisfaction. I will get the complete satisfaction. So in life, we always do something in order to be happy. So whatever body or speech or mental action, or when we move, then there is the intention. And often, often that intention is associated with the, the idea, I will get better. And when the action is performed, then the next thing that appears to our mind is, what's next? So like that, you know, we do something and then when it comes to fruition, when it comes to uh, realization, then we have to plan again. We have to do something that will uh, uh, keep us going because this is never satisfactory. You know, whatever the state the mind is arriving at, it's not uh, stable and it's, it cannot uh, by itself, because of it, its impermanence, it cannot uh, bring a, a complete satisfaction. So like that, we accumulate karma and the actions that propels us in time and space. So ignorance makes being hurry on in all kinds of generation, destiny, existence, abodes, endless round of rebirth. Another definition for ignorance is given as not knowing the past, not knowing the future. Not knowing the past and the future, and not knowing the causal relationship of the five aggregates and the elements and the bases. This is important because it brings us the perspective of time. That is, to understand something, we have to compare it. Like if we just look at the now, only the now, that's fine. But if we want to understand how the now is evolving and where the now is going, if we want to understand fully the process of the now, we have to compare it with the past or with the future. We can see that in uh, every, every science, you know. I am not a scientist, but, uh, uh, you know, just a, a simple thing, like uh, in medicine, they will take an x-ray or they will take, you know, the, some of your, uh, I don't know, some kinds of uh, uh, tests that they will do on your uh, body, and then you will have the result, you know, you will have a kind of uh, black print uh, of uh, those tests. Uh, if they want to, to check for some cells or some kind of uh, tumor. or So they will take uh, the f kind of photo, hmm? and then they will compare it later, three months later or, you know, two months. Or, and then they will see the evolution of the cells. They will see uh, the evolution of the disease. So according to 
uh, all the, the disease is uh, identified relating to the past, then they will be able to make a kind of a prognostic and uh, to say, oh, if it goes like that, then this is going to happen. If it goes like this, then this is going to happen. And also, if they want, if they want to develop a, a, remedy, a remedy, they will have to work on, uh, you know, to make a comparison. And the comparison has to involve the aspect, has to involve the perspective of time. If we look also at the history, you know, the human history or the earth history, I think if we were to remember, you know, just the, the events of the past uh, regarding wars or regarding time of peace or just on the human level, then we will be able to learn a lot. Just to see, you know, how the things developed and how the things, according to certain causes, uh, generated, uh, you know, certain results or generated uh, certain kind of uh, uh, you know, certain kinds of uh, results. So we can see that in the human history and also we can see that uh, in the earth history and uh, this is the process of, ev of uh, evolution. So the same thing, like if we compare it to the prison, then uh, we can ask, okay, now why why am I in the prison? And then looking at the past, then we can see the causes and then also we can uh, work something to, uh, to, to, to solve the problem or to deal with uh, uh, the situation. And this is wisdom. So also we can uh, differentiate between the cause and also differentiate between the effect. This, uh, putting the time into perspective, this is not only in the Abhidhamma that uh, we do that. Uh, also in the Sutta, they will say, okay, now there are three causes, you know, for actions like uh, greed, hatred, and delusion, or there are also three causes like non-greed, non-hatred, and non-delusion, and those actions are going to bring uh, results. And uh, if somebody wants to understand uh, the, the fruits or, or wants to understand or to get some type of uh, result, then he has to, to, to understand uh, the past actions and analyze them, full understand them, and, uh, and then get rid of uh, what he is not uh, wishing, you know, and then also seeing that uh, certain types of actions are bringing certain type of uh, uh, results in the future. And then certain, type, certain types of actions also are bringing other types of uh, results in the future. So this is the point for ignorance. So we are, you know, explaining the Patitya Simhupada, so I will go very fast. So from ignorance, then there comes to be actions that come to be uh, mental volition, the sankara, and then from the mental volitions, uh, consciousness is arising because of that, and then because of the consciousness, then the mentality and the materiality 
is arising. And because of uh, Nama Rupa, because of the five Khandas, then the six senses also comes to be manifested. So when we have the six senses, then we are bound to get into contact. Contact of uh, visible object and then sound object and taste and uh, all kinds of objects come into contact with the five uh, for, uh, with, the, the, with the six uh, sense bases. And when there is contact, then there is a feeling, Vedana, sensation. And with the rising of uh, sensation, then from there arises arise craving, Tanha. So there are uh, three types of sensations or six types of sensations. So six types related to the six sense doors, and uh, three, three types, for example, of sensation also are the pleasant sensation, unpleasant sensation, and the neutral sensation. So from there, uh, when we experience something agreeable, then we react with uh, greed and desire, and if we experience something that is not desirable, something unpleasant, then we, re we react with uh, hatred and aversion. And if we experience something that is neutral, then we react with the ignorance. So we have Vedana, Pachya, Tanha, the craving. And also there are three types of uh, tanha, and this is the kamatana, bhavatana, and vibhavatana. That is the the craving for a sense object and the thinking, the and yeah, craving for a sense ob subject, and then the craving for becoming, cra craving for pleasurable things, thinking that uh, they will exist forever, and uh, craving for. Uh, Craving for not, you know, for not wanting or for it's a kind of uh, yeah, <laughs> So because of uh, the tanha, then uh, the clinging also is arising, and because of clinging, then the the. Upadana, Patya, Bhava. So Bhava is the becoming. So there are three types of becoming. That is, we are becoming something. So we have the Kama, Bhava, and the Upapati, Bhava. So we are, uh, we are becoming, you know, in one way or the other. And then this becoming, this process of becoming, uh, generate uh, birth, Jayati. And together with the birth, then there is a old age and the, and the death. This also, uh, this can be explained in uh, ultimate reality, you know, by the way of Abhidhamma, and also it can be explained in a conventional reality, like with the Sutta. So this is the two ways, you know, to deal with the Patichasmupada, the law of dependent origination can be interpreted in, in two ways. So the Abhidhamma method will take 
for example, every mind moment, and then we'll divide it into you know the components, and then analyze it by way of uh, by by way of mental of a mind door, you know, and also with the the material aggregates, it will divide it in a very uh, subtle uh, uh, elements. Whereas the sutta method will be more general. So this is the whole process of uh, life, you know. So uh, this is all the all the suffering and the the soka parideva dukkha domanasa is arising. That is the grief and lamentation and uh, all the unwholesome things are arising from uh, from that. So to break that uh, link of uh, dependent origination, then if we deal with any one of the link, then we are able, by understanding it properly, we are able to break the chain and then to make it uh, something that is uh, not leading to that. Like if we understand the ignorance uh, very totally, then we are able to uh, to annihilate the bad uh, consequence of uh, the actions that can be generated out of uh, ignorance. Or if we work also on craving, then by reducing craving, then also we can reduce the amount of uh, unhappiness. So with the law of dependent origination, we see that the past causes brought is bringing a future results. We see also that uh, the present causes will bring uh, future results. So like that, the perspective uh, that we have is uh, broadened. So seeing that, we are left with the alternative attitudes. Attitudes that will influence the outcomes of things. So the attitude of uh, non-greed, the attitude of non-hatred, and uh, the attitude of non-delusion. The attitudes of not craving. So we need to eat to maintain life. If we can, we can eat good and healthy food, but there is no need to crave for more and better taste. The same with the mental nutrients. We need to plan, we need to do and to feel, but we don't need to crave. And the less we crave, the better we are. The more simple, the more easy our lives becomes. So some people in the morning, when they get up, the first thing they ask themselves, or maybe we should try to do that. When we wake up in the morning, then we can ask ourselves, what good thing can I do today? So by having that attitude, you know, 
we have a good volition. And then from the good volition, good actions are coming. And from the good actions, the good results, and the more refined the purpose and meaning of our lives, it becomes. So I don't know if uh, you have uh, been uh, outside today, but uh, at about 12 o'clock, there was a, a flock of uh, birds, you know, a group of birds, maybe hundreds of them, and they were going down to the south for the winter. So by singing, you know, they were just by the hundreds. So after the winter, they will come back again, like the leaves are going to the ground now, but in the spring, the trees, they will blossom again. Life is just a process of becoming. So if you have any questions or if you like to have any points uh, mention or explain, we have the Sarado to uh, explain it in very much detail and we can uh, benefit by his knowledge and wisdom. And uh, also you can try to develop your own knowledge and wisdom by asking questions because this is how we, uh, uh, we develop by asking questions and then by thinking about them and trying to figure out the, you know, what could be the answer. So we still have not uh, finished the questions of last week. So I don't know if we should go with the this week questions, or maybe we can look at last week questions. It would be better. I think we were uh, at this one about number thirteen. If a yogi reaches the first path, the swatapana. Does that mean that understanding there is no self means there will no longer be any attachment or feeling that one's children are any different than anything else, just the rupa kalabas? So whether it's a stranger who is in distress or the child, the feeling is no different. What about the Buddha's feeling for Ananda or saying, when Sariputta and Moggallana died, it was like the sun and the moon uh, going out from the sky.
you should try to be Gasodapana, <laughs> then you will understand well. Hmm? Okay? Sodapana, Sodapati path knowledge can destroy only and then the debut Sakaya Deity. Which he doubt. Skeptic doubt. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Sakaya Deity may especially perceiving Adap. Inside our body, there is Adap self. But according to Buddha's teaching, another non-self. So this, there is no self, such type of wrong view only, but knowledge removed. That's right. So the body, but knowledge, that's right, such type of wrong view only. So no any other defilements. Skeptic doubt means only especially Doubt about the Buddha, about the Dhamma, about the Sangha, eh? especially the law of the activity of karma, especially dependent origination, etc. So such type of doubt only. So because of this reason, Sodabhanas like Visaka, Anatta, Bindiga, they married, they have sons and daughters. <laughs> so if they bright this, if they meditate now here, so meditators see clubbers. If they meditate, they see clubbers. If they do not meditate, how? Huh? <laughs> they do not see. So in the same way, Sodabana also say, if they meditate, they see clubbers. They get analyzed. They see ultimate materiality, ultimate mentality. If they do not meditate. They see their sons, their daughters, their mother, their father, etc. So, better way is you should try to be Gansodapana. It is better. <laughs> In the same way, Penariva Saribhuddha and Penariva Ananda and Penariva Moglana pass away. Take Pranibana. What is the feeling of Buddha? You should try to become Buddha. <laughs> it is better, and then you will understand clearly. So Buddha has no defilement. So this is Buddha understand already. Save Sankara Anicca, Save Sankara Dukkha, Save Sankara Ananda. So especially. All arahas are waiting for final cessation only. So if they take final cessation, then they are happy, not unhappy. Because for this final cessation, they are accumulating their barmis for many lives. And last life also, they practice diligently to become arha. Okay. Number 15. Do you think that if a yogi has attained the jhanas, it's good to talk about his experience when he gets home, for example, to give a talk at the temple they go to? 
number 15. Down there, yeah. By the way, is, as a Buddha's teaching, if you try the matter, it is better. If you try as your own experience, it is not good. Buddha especially prohibit not to do so, especially prohibit bhikkhus not to do so. But Buddha don't want to prohibit lady bodhis because he especially Try winning a rose monastic cooks for bhikkhus only not for lady bodhis. If he do for lady bodhis, then there will be no one who will marry. <laughs> but but that way is as a Buddha's teaching, if you try to murder it is better. Mm. Okay. I would like to ordain in the future. Do all monastics have to go slow in the practice? If possible, I would like to attain Nibbana as quickly as possible. <laughs> it depends on your parami. And I know Buddha, there are different arhats. Some are quick lanas. Some are slow lanas. So, it depends on their parami. We cannot say exactly. Hmm? <coughs> In Sri Lanka, there is one Mahathira called Mahasiva. He can recite three Bhidakas together with commentaries orally. He is the teacher of 18 Nikayas. He teach meditation practice to his disciples. There are 60,000 bhikkhus being arahat. He also thinks if he meditates, he will attain arahatship within a few days. One day, he went to a forest monastery. Before was that? Maybe one week before was that. And then, then he practiced meditation diligently, but he cannot attain arahasya within a few days. So he take was there. At the end of was they pulled Monday off uh, last month. He hoped he will, we call Pawarana, huh? Pawarana was that day. He will be a Arhat, he hoped. So he practiced diligently, but he cannot attain Arhatship. How long he must practice? 30 years. Not three months, not four months, not two months. <laughs> so he practiced 30 years. What is the reason? Commentary explain about the reason. When he was accumulating parami in previous lives, he was delayed. 
one example or two example explain. There are two examples. Examples in Yogra Chandaka story as well as Hadibala Chandaka story. Our Bodhisattva renounced the war. At that day, seven kingdoms people seven, from seven countries, they all renounced together with our Bodhisattva. But at that day, there are some drunkards. They don't want to follow after others. So they stay in their home. They drink. They enjoy sensual pleasure. But later they are only just drinkers. So they begin diet and they follow after our body sadha. And then they meditate there. While accumulating parami at the day, their desire is relaxing. They are delayed to accumulate parami early. Because of this reason, one bright day in Samatha and we person diligently, their wisdom faculty is very dull. Cannot penetrate up to Arahat stage quickly. So when accumulating parami, they are slow. Because of this reason, when practicing samatha vipassana, their adamant also becomes slow. Because of this reason, we cannot say exactly one will be very quick, one will be very slow. We cannot say exactly. It depends on their parami. Just in case we don't become arahats in this life, is it important to consciously and repeatedly aspire for a, for a higher rebirth, or is it just as good to let the sila, samadhi, panya, that we develop a condition for our next rebirth without making a specific wish? Does the wish do something more than the accumulations of our actions? If there is any future existence, aspiration or wish, this is also necessary. If there is no aspiration or wish, we cannot say exactly in future existence what will be. But if there is any aspiration or wish, they, for those who had enough parami, future existence is according to their own wish or their own aspiration. For example, if someone wished to be reborn as a Brahma and Brahma war, he can wish in He should specialize jhana relating to that Brahmatva. For example, Fajana can produce to be reborn in Fajana Brahma play. Second jhana can produce in second jhana play. Third jhana can produce to be reborn in third jhana play, etc. 
So because of this reason, if he want to be reborn in Pachana play, he should specialize Pachana. If he want to be reborn in Tajana play, he should specialize Tajana. If he want to be reborn in Pachana play, then he should specialize Pachana. It depends on their own desire. One example. You may know about the Sahambadi Brahma. Sahambadi Brahma is one Brahma who asked our Buddha to preach Dhamma when the Buddha began related to preach Dhamma. So that Sahambadi Brahma is the disciple of Kasava Buddha. In Daino Gasva Buddha, he was a bhikkhu called Sahaga. He practiced Samadha and Vipassana Abdu Nagami stage. But he chose Panchana play. What is his reason? I don't know. This is his desire, his wish, and his aspiration. So he, after death, he was reborn in Panchana Mahabrahma play. But there is also one Brahma called Kadigara. Kadigara Brahma is also one of the Awa and one of Kasva Buddha's disciples. He was Port Mika in Daino Kasva Buddha. He looked after his parents, but he was Anagami. He specialized Pothjana. He chose Pure apple. Pass playing Awiha. What is the reason? I don't know, but this is his desire, his wish. So after death, he was reborn in Awiha playing one of the pure apple as a Brahma. When our Bodhisattva renounced the world, at the time he came down from the world, his Brahma world in Opa. Requisites. So, this is their own wish and their own desire. But if you begin Sotapana, I want to suggest you hmm? please specialize one of Jana. And then you should wish to be reborn in Brahmawa. Sotapana can be reborn in Humanwa or Dewawa. But if he already attained jhana, he can be reborn in Brahmawa. If Sodhapana reborn in Brahmawa, it is sure he will never come back to human world or Deva world. In Brahmawa, he will take Pranibana. Is it good? Hmm. Very good. Very good means you may understand in human world. How many sufferings are there? So in Brahmawa, there is no man, no woman. So there is no son, no daughter. There is no judy for families. Is it good? Very good. <laughs> you should try. Hmm? So it depends on their own desire. But without 
aspiration or wish karma also can produce any result because of inclination and dying of death. So at that time, if there is no choice, you may be reborn as a human being or you may be reborn as a deva, maybe, not sure. So because of this reason, after the Pigami Sotapana or Sagadagami or Anagami, you should wish or aspire it is better. Please explain the progressions of insights related to anatta. It appears some aspect of anatta is understood by penetrating the rupas. Another layer is seen through with the breaking down of the illusion of compactness with namas and rupas. What else awaits us on this path? When will the conceit I am finally be extinguished and all? Maybe if you can break in down of the illusion of combatantness with Nama Rupa and then that knowledge become predominant. So please try to see ultimate materiality by breaking down the combatantness. It is better. Finally, conceit. If you become arhat, finally, uh, conceit finally be extinguished. Only become arhat only. Is it possible nowadays, not in the time of the Buddha, this is what he's asked, to attain arhatship as a lay person? Possible, possible. But the problem I want to tell is. And I know Buddha, our Buddha's father, do you know? Okay, so Dodana. He began Araha as a king. But on the same day, if he ordained, he can live in human world. But on the same day, he did not ordain, so he take Pranibana. This is natural. If a lay devotee become arahat, on that same day he must ordain. If he or she does not ordain, she will take he or she must take pranibana on that same day, only one day, no choice. What is the reason? This cloth is this cloth means lay devotee's cloth is not what for arahat. Power, Radha Guna. So, Radha Guna, the power of Arhat is very high, not suitable for lay devotees' clothes. Because of this reason, they must take on the same day, Prinibana. So, I want to suggest you if you don't want to ordain, then please try Abdu Nagami stage. <laughs> Not Arha stage. What is the reason? You should try to spread this Dhammas throughout America. <laughs> if you become Arha, you cannot spread this Dhammas throughout America. <laughs> is it true? 
Okay. Then, near that moment, you can try to be God Arahat. <laughs> Why is it that now it is so difficult to get any of the four higher attainments? And in the time of the Buddha, people and bhikkhus got enlightened by hundreds or thousands, and sometimes just by listening to his teachings. When our body started renouncing the war, hmm? maybe previously I told like Hatibala or Yogra. Hmm? From seven countries, many people follow after our body setup. Such persons has Nabharami for enlightenment. For enlightenment. So when our bod Bodhisattva became Buddha, such people became human beings in Magadha or Kosala, etc. around India. They are ready to to become enlightened one because they have enough parami. So when Buddha Trying one to mato, many thousands of people begin enlightened one. But nowadays, when our bodies are run out, many people do not follow. <laughs> they stay in their home only. <laughs> so, because of this reason, their barami is not yet mature. Because of this reason, when listening to my talk, they cannot become enlightened one. Especially nowadays, there are only near persons. Near persons means by listening alone, they cannot attain any knowledgeship. They must practice diligently, and then that only they can become noble ones. So such persons are called near persons. In the name of Buddha, there are Ogadi Dinyu Vipinchi Dinyu Pasans. Ogadi Dinyu means if they listen a short stanza, they get bigger enlightened one. This is called Ogadi Dinyu. If they listen long discourse, such as Tamachaka, Bodhana, Soda, or Mahasri Brana Sauda, etc. Then they, they can be enlightened one, like Penaribe Kundinya. So such persons are called Wipinchi Tinyu person. These two types of persons are entitled of Buddha only. No, no, it is. No, it is. They are only Naya persons. Naya persons, they must practice diligently. And that only they can be the noble ones. Mm. Can you please explain what consciousness is and why it arises? Number 
please. This is finished. We enter last week. Mm. Okay. Consciousness, according to Bali, Chanana Nama Ubaladi. Consciousness is cognizing the object. Cognizing the object means Ubaladi. Now you are practicing, for example, four elements meditation. If you practice systematically, you can see Kalabas. Is it true? <laughs> so, if you can take Kalabas, then we can say you know Kalabas. But although you practice, you cannot see Kalabas. Then we cannot say you know the Kalabas. You cognize the clapper. So, consciousness means especially he can take the object in mind. Such type of taking the object in mind is called cognizing. That cognizing is called consciousness. Why it arises? If you want to know the reason, please practice dependent origination. <laughs> and then you will understand there are many causes. Because consciousness has different types of consciousness. Some consciousness are wholesome consciousness. Some consciousness are wholesome consciousness. Some consciousness are resulting consciousness. Some consciousness are functional only. So there are different types of consciousness. Roughly, if we, generally, if we say, <coughs> because of unwise attention, unwholesome consciousness arises. Because of wise attention, wholesome consciousness arises. What is unwise attention? What is wise attention? If he see, if he sees uh, any object, hmm? an object, if he pay attention, if he pays attention, nature sukha supa adapt, pamene happiness adapt, and super beautiful. So such type of attention is called unwise attention. Ada means, oh, this is my mother, this is my father. This is my son, this is my daughter. This is my dollar, this is his dollar. This is my house. In this way, if he pay attention, such type of attention is called Ada. So, you are staying always together with wrong view. If someone says, this is not your house, 
This is not your mother. This is not your father. Can you accept? Not easy to accept because always stay with this is my mother, this is my father, etc. So because of this, such type of attention is called unwise attention. To be the unwise attention, unwholesome agusala tamas arise. But to be the unwise attention, wholesome tamas also always arise. What is white addition? If he sees any object, he pay addition, this is nature, this is toga, this is nada, this is asuba, this is ruba, this is nama, this is materiality, this is mentality, this is impermanent, this is suffering, this is nada, no self, this is asuba, ribasiva, etc. So this is cause, this is effect, this is Materiality, this is mentality. In this way, if he be addition, there is always hosa. Kusala tamas will arise. So, if you want to know in detail, please practice dependent origination practically. At that day, you will understand different types of consciousness as well as. For each consciousness, different types of causes. What is the reason? According to Buddha's teaching, there are cause and conditions only, cause and effects only. If you understand only there are cause and effects, then you will be a true Buddhist. As long as you do not understand this dependent origination by direct knowledge, you cannot be gone through Buddhist. You may change your belief in this very life or in one of future life. Please help me understand how and where karma is stored. Uh, there are some people who can practice dependent origination in this retreat, so they may understand clearly. According to Buddha's teaching, this karma, for example, now you are listening to my talk. When listening to my talk, you have accumulated many wholesome karmas, Polish informations, but these pollution formations, as soon as they rise, they pass away. But they, when they pass away, they left behind karma potentiality, vital force. Hmm? Where? In the process of mentality and materiality series. But it is not easy to see. Now you are listening to my talk. Other than no anger. Is it true? Inga not arise, but one day, if there is any opportunity to arise, to arise this anger, the anger may arise again. So now you may have no anger. It is true. Then one day it may arise, if there is any opportunity. Then we can say that anger is as an underlying tendency follow in your mentality and 
materiality series, series. In the same way, this karma also nearly same. When it began ripe, mature, when karma becomes mature, at that time, results are coming up. So, now you are practicing dependent origination. And for those who practice dependent origination, they understand clearly. For example, they offer lotus flower to the Buddha in one of previous life. So, while offering lotus flower, they may wish to be reborn as a human being, for example, for clear understanding of Dhamma. Then, this karma, when they are offering lotus flower to the Buddha, there are 34 mental formations. These are Sankara, volitional formations, but they are nature and Bhamini. as soon as they arise, they pass away. But according to their own wish, when they pass away, they left behind karma potentiality, vital force, and the series of mental and material and mental series as an underlying tendency. So, such potentiality, when it becomes mature, then it produces new existence. My hobby is hiking, so I visit mountain, valley, and river very often, which I understand are unwholesome sign. Do I have to consider changing hobby? <laughs> According to Buddha's teaching, we should not tell like that. A wholesome sign. Now, here in this retreat, some meditators who get this Ultimate materiality, maybe such as mountains, trees, rivers. When they pay attention mountains, they do not see mountains. If they pay attention poor element in those mountains, they see calabas only. There's no mountain, no tree, no river, only just calabas. If they analyze these calabas in each calaba, there are eight types of materiality such as at Wada Paya went Kala Oda Pleva and Nutritive Essence. Sometimes they are made so. Together with so, there are nine types only. So they are embalming it, they see. If they pay attention, this is Ruba, or this is Necha, or this is Doka, or this is Nada. This is wise attention. Because of wise attention, wholesome Thomas always appear. Whole one, whole sentiments arise. So when you saw any object, no pigs, because of the object, a whole sentiments do not arise. Because of your unwise attention only. If you pay attention, wise attention, then whole sentiments will arise. For example, urine. 
urine is reversible. Is it true? But if you can pay attention, wise attention, you can attention. Oh, urine is yellow color. If you pay attention as a yellow casino, then urine becomes yellow casino sucker. If you bright this systematically extending this casino sucker, you get eight adamants, eight types of jhanas. These eight types of jhanas arise because of your wise attention. In the same way, if you pay attention four elements in your urine, you will see urine is nothing but a group of clubbers only. If you analyze these clubbers, they are in each clubber there are eight types of materiality. If you contemplate them as nature, toka, and ananda, then you can begin sotapana or skadagami or anagami or raha, depending on your kama, your parami. So there is no fixed law. This object is wholesome. This object is wholesome. Fixed law is dependent on your wise attention and unwise attention. If you use unwise attention, every object becomes, taking every object, you, you will, uh, there will arise a wholesome Thomas. But uh, if you pay attention, wise attention, then wholesome Thomas will arise. Is there inner dialogue in excess concentration? <laughs> Maybe you should try to attain excess up to excess concentration stage. You can decide. <laughs> so real excess concentration, no dialogue. Hmm? Will the stream winner be happy hmm? when he sees Nibbana? Uh, all permits. Number five, we replied the last week. Mm, Number okay. six. Will the stream winner be happy when he sees Nibbana for the first time? You should try. Hmm? <laughs> you should try to be Gansodabana in this Buddha. <laughs> Will you be happy or not? Hmm? Maybe happy, this is depends on their own and not desire. Hmm. Maybe may. The problem is happy feeling is somanasa. For some meditators, surfing path is associated with somanasa. Surfing path is surfing progression knowledge associated with somanasa, happy feeling. But for some meditators, surfing path and progression knowledge not associated with happy feeling, it associated with neutral feeling. What is the reason? All mentality, materiality, and their causes are called formations. A meditator must contemplate all formations as nature to Kanada. But near the path in Prussian attainment, especially at the Sankarubhaka Jnana stage, the knowledge of equanimity towards formations. This is called Sankarubhaka Jnana. At that stage, if they specialize both Jnana, Tamas, as Nichatoka Nada, they 
If they realize Nibbana, their string path and Prussian knowledge will be associated with neutral feeling. So at that time, neutrality only. But when they are bright, they say, Sankaru Bhaganyana, at that time, if they specialize Fajana Damas or Sagin Jana Damas as nature, or that Jana Damas as nature, Dukha Nada, at that time, if they realize Nibbana, they are part in Prussian knowledge. Knowledge has only be associated with happy feeling. Hmm. How can a condition cause the path of sila, samadhi, and panya produce an unconditioned result, nibbana? Will not an impermanent cause necessarily produce an impermanent result? You should you should study abhidhamma. Sankhada Dhamma, Asankhada Dhamma, in this way Buddha taught in Abhidhamma. Sankhada Dhamma means Chaita Consciousness, Chaitisika, Pibdidu, Mental Factors, and Nip Ruba, 28 Dems of Ruba, they are Sankhada. Sankhada means conditioned Dhammas, they have their own respective cause to produce these dhammas. But Nibbana is Asankhada, unconditioned element. Unconditioned element is there is no cause to produce Nibbana. Nibbana is always permanent. There is no dhamma to produce Nibbana. No one can produce Nibbana. Nibbana is always there. But Sada Body, but in Prussian knowledge, realize Nibbana only, not produce. <laughs> in the same way, Sagadagami, Nagami, and Rahat, but in Prussian knowledge, are also realizing Nibbana only, not producing Nibbana. Because of this part in Prussian knowledge, the Nibbana arises. It is not true. Nibbana is always exist, always there, whether Buddhas appear or not, whether there are noble ones who realize Nibbana or not, no problem. Nibbana is permanent. Why does focusing on concepts such as color, water, fire, etc., produce wholesome states of jhana, but focusing on sensory experiences as concepts, for example, seeing a tree, feeling a carpet, hearing an engine, etc., produce unwholesome states of moa. Maybe I had explained because of wise addition and unwise addition only. If any object, if they be addition as a unwise addition, a wholesome demand will arise. If they can be addition, wise addition, then wholesome demands will arise. Maybe beautiful flowers, if they be addition as a beautiful, and if they have attachment this flower, then a wholesome demand will arise. But the flower is, for example, white color. 
If they be editing as a white casino object, then they can edit up to eight elements. If the gala is red color, if they be edition red casino. Or if gala is yellow, if they be edition yellow casino. If the gala is white, then uh, maybe black. If they be edition as a nila casino, they can edit eight elements, depending on their white edition. But if they can design four elements on those colors, those flowers, then they can see only just a group of clubbers. If they analyze these clubbers, in each clubber there are eight types of materiality, then they can contemplate them as nature to God. They can realize Nibbana. So depending on their wise addition or unwise addition, wholesome and unwholesome demands arise. Is it possible that a yogi will be able to discern the details of past lives easily when analyzing the rupa and the namas? Is there a different process for cultivating the power of the recollection of past lives? Maybe there are two ways only. Two ways is one is by way of dependent origination. Another is Regulation of the past previous life by such power, Pubiniwasa Nostri Abhinyana. So these two ways only, these two ways are completely different. Completely different means regulation of past life by such power is another way. You must specialize Tenkasinas, eight ademas in 40 ways, especially from art casina to white casina, eight casinas in 40 ways. But the better origination is Samatha Yaniga, Samatha Vigal persons, they based on Samatha Chana, and they must design. Adimate materiality and adimate mentality, both internally and externally. After that, they can do this and this dependent origination. Do the ten paramis have to be ripe to attain a ranship, or is that to become a Buddha? Ten paramis are to become a Buddha only. For Savagas, to for ordinary savakas, hmm? two pedas are important. These two pedas are adhikara and chanda. Adhikara, what is adhikara? Adhikara means vija seat, eh? charana seat. What is vija seat? What is charana seat? Vija is in previous life, they must have been practiced vipassana inside. Charana means they accumulate wholesome dhammas by doing dana, offering, sila, observing, bhaju, and samadhi concentration chana practice. When they are practicing, accumulating these wholesome dhammas, they always wish or realization of Nibbana. 
they may do dana, but they do not wish for realization of nibbana. Such type of dana is not called charana seed. They may observe their bhaju, but without wishing, without wishing for realization of nibbana, if they accumulate to observe sila, such type of sila is not parami, not charana seed. And then they may practice jhana, but they do not wish for realization of nibbana. They, such type of jhana also not charana seed, parami. So because of this reason, wishing for realization of nibbana, if they accumulate dana donation, observing sila, and they practicing samatha jhanas, such type of wholesome tamas are called charana seed. And then Vajra, Vajra is at least they must have been practiced for elements meditation in one of previous life. If they had been practiced for elements meditation up to the realization of ultimate materiality by analyzing Rubak Klabas, it is very good. If they can discern ultimate materiality as well as ultimate mentality in one of previous life, it is better. But if they had been practiced vipassana in previous life, this is best. So this, if they had are discerned ultimate materiality and mentality in one of previous life, such type of parami is called vajja seat. So these two types of Seat are called Adhikara Kusla. This Adhikara Kusla is one pada. Another pada is Chanda Desire. They must have Satron Desire for realization of Nibbana. So they may practice Samadha or they may practice Vipassana, but they had no desire for realization of Nibbana. Then Chanda is not very weak. They cannot realize Nibbana. So these two causes are necessary, Adhikara and Chanda. Does the Buddha, he, that's the last one, I think, last question. Does the Buddha explain the seventh stage of purification in the Sutta? By name Buddha directly not so, but system Buddha teach. Because of this reason, these seven types of purifications are mentioned in Michima Nigaya. But this in Michima Nigaya, this soda is Ratha Unida Soda. Ratha Unida Soda is taught by Benareva Pona, one of the famous Tamakitika. One day, Benareva Sariboda asked Benareva Pona this question. At that day, Benareva Bona gave the answer about the seven stages of purification. But this type of Dhamma are recognized by Buddha by calling Sadhu, Sadhu, Sadhu. Very good, very good, very good. So if Buddha recognized such Sadhu, this is Smiladu Buddha's teaching. Is it true? Is it true? 
They say, oh, go, very go, Buddha say, this is also Buddha's teaching. But in Mahasri Prana Sutta, for example, I want to explain. In Swan Sutta, Buddha asked Swan Pekus to purify Sila. Why? That Bhikkhu's Bhaju is not pure. Because of this reason, Buddha asked to purify Sila. But in Swan Sutta, like you may read Dhammachaka Bodhana Sutta, the first Samu. Buddha does not mention purification of Bhaju. Buddha directly teaches Purnava truth. Why? The listeners, especially by group of Bhikkhu's, they have purification of bhaju. It is not necessary. You must try to purify your bhaju. Not necessary. This is a waste of time. Is it true? So Buddha directly teaches Purnava truth only. In this way, in the same way, in Mahasri Prana Sutta, Buddha teaches Anabana, for example, Abdupodjana. This is Samadhi. Hmm? Then Buddha teaches Sisra Medigali, Idi Ijadawa Gaya Gaya Nubasi, we heard it, Baydawa Gaya Gaya Nubasi, we heard it, etc. You must desire both internally and externally, mentality and materiality. Both mentality and materiality, internally and externally. In this way, Buddha taught. This is what about Sisra. This is the purification of pure. We saw the second purification. Purification of mind. That purification. Purification of mind is jhana. Concentration. This is discerning ultimate materiality, mentality, both internally and externally. This is purification of you. In this way, Buddha taught. Then Buddha taught. Sumudhya Dhamma Nubha Sivaga Samaviharati, etc. So this is systematically different types of stages of purification. So Buddha's teaching many Benareva Pona as well as Benareva Sari Buddha gave stages. This is what stage, this is what stage, this is what stage. So Buddha Teach Dhamma system medically. This system is what type of purification. This system is what type of purification. In this way, they gave name only. Okay, now more than nine. <laughs> Maybe next week. Okay. Sharing merit. Hmm? Idame Ponya Asawakaya Maha Hodu Idame Ponya Neighbor Nasa Pachio Hodu Idame Ponya Sava Sadana Pajema Tesabe Mesama Ponya Bhaga Labandu Sadhu Sadhu Sadhu
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.